everyone, and welcome to the PhD to Be podcast. I am your co-host, Dallas, and I'm here with Natalie. Hi, everyone. As always. <laughs> and today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about being a graduate student alongside being a graduate instructor or a teacher, essentially, and how that kind of impacts our own um, learning, how we view our own teaching what we have to learn about teaching all of that good stuff so that's what we're going to be talking about today yeah i want to quickly give a shout out to my friend kayla who made the suggestion um we were asking her if there are any topics that she thinks we should cover and she said maybe one dedicated to teaching as a grad student like how to take it seriously because it's your future career but also you have to prioritize your mental health because we don't get paid to, we don't get paid enough to worry a ton. So, um, right. Shout out to her <laughs> for that suggestion. It's a really great topic, and it makes up a lot of, a lot of our identity as a graduate student. So, mm-hmm. um, I figured we would begin sort of talking a little bit about the discipline that we're in. Um, being in English um, very naturally lends itself to uh, the opportunity to teach. Um, so. Every discipline is going to be different. I know that students in history, especially PhD students in history, are graduate instructors. I know that people in the communications teach mm-hmm. um, as graduate students. At TCU, I'm almost positive it's as their master's students because I had a friend in the College of Communications who was an MA student and they were taught. Um, so, you know, it really is going to just kind of d- depend on your discipline and depend on your university so it's not just going to be your discipline because some universities don't ask ask their graduate students don't ask their master's students to teach and so we can talk a little bit about that too mm-hmm. um so dallas did not teach during her master's program do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah so when i started my ma program at a um it was with the understanding that we all were going to um TA, teaching, teaching assistant, right? We were going to do a TA, we were going to have a TA position and that I'm sure all of you listening are quite familiar with what it means, what like being a TA encompasses. Some universities might have a different title for it. Um, but basically you, you do some work under a professor who's the main teacher of the course and you might do some grading, you might take attendance, you do little tasks, um, for the class. So it's kind of like a foot in the door of teaching you might even teach a class like one class period or something um but you mostly just work with that professor and just do whatever it is that they need you to do to help them out essentially so that's what I did my first year at A&M I was a TA for online uh technical business writing and I actually really loved doing that I unfortunately I didn't get to like meet any of my students in person because it was online of course but I loved being a TA for that class. It was so much fun. Um, and basically like come the second semester, um, the professor in charge, um, Dr. Carly Miles, she was kind of like, we like met with her once a week in our first semester. And then like by the second semester, she was like, y'all don't need to meet with me. Like you can basically do this on your own. So we kind of didn't even really have much, didn't need much of her guidance as far as like running the class. Um, it was already set up for us like the entire online system so we didn't have to go in and really do like I didn't have to make the syllabus or anything like all that was done for us um it was just a matter of going in and like um releasing like the new units each time so uh but it was so much fun I really liked I really liked doing that um and I felt like I kind of understood what it meant to teach an online class you know um but it was actually really enjoyable and I my students' final projects for that class are really interesting, and I got to know all their little personalities, and um, I even had one student tell me she really loved my class, and it was, like, one of the best TA experiences she's had so far in university, and I was really um, surprised, <laughs> but also, like, grateful that she, like, sent me that email, and I thought it was just really sweet. In my second year of a I TA'd for a large class that had maybe 113 students, um, which is actually like probably not like for A&M, like that's probably actually not that big. Um, I imagine they're like science and math classes and biology classes are probably much, much larger. Um, 
but I was in charge of like taking attendance. So I knew all of their names. I knew where all of them sat in class. I'm actually really good with names. So <laughs> I'm good with names and faces. So it didn't take me terribly long to memorize the class, but we did, ha I did have to make, um, a seating chart. So they didn't just get to sit wherever they wanted during lecture. Um, I did grade a little, um, I did a little bit of grading smaller assignments. They had like these weekly discussion threads they had to post. So I would grade those and the professor would grade their exams. Um, just because that was, it took long enough to grade the little discussion posts. Um, so that's what I did there. And I, and I had asked her if I could TA for her in the spring, they usually change up our TA positions, you know, between the fall and the, with, with the exception of the technical business writing, that was a one year long, um, thing, but come the second semester, you, they, they would give you to a different, um, a different professor. But I was like, Hey, Dr. Perry, like, could I just be your TA again next semester? And she was like, yeah, that's perfect. I'll put in the word with our DGS. So, um, and so it was fine. I didn't have to like relearn anything. I was like, good to go. I was like, okay, I already know how this class is going to run. I also did TAing at, at TCU my first year. So I TA for, um, Dr. Balazay's Shakespeare class. That was a lot of fun. Um, and Dr. Fry's class on British, major British authors. So I mostly just graded like small essays for Dr. Fry. And I graded um, quizzes for Dr. Balazay. Um, she she did more of like a standard like test that had like true false, multiple choice, and some short answer. So she didn't really make them write papers or anything so much. Um, so yeah, and, and all of that was like really manageable and fun. And again, you get to know the students. I didn't get to know the students as well with Dr. Balazay because we were still wearing masks and. Um, the class, we weren't in like a lecture classroom, so I sat like amongst the students, so I never really got to see many of their faces. Even if I did, they were all wearing masks, so it was right, harder to right. kind of tell. Um, by the time I had Dr. Fry, we were in the lecture classroom, so I sat like up front, and um, they wore masks for most of the semester. We, that was like a weird semester where they, we kind of got to like not wear them by the end. And which was nice because I could see everybody's face. Um, yeah. So different experiences, different kinds of work. I, TA work was more at A&M just because there were so many more students. Um, but yeah, I mean, an enjoyable experience overall. You get to work with a professor. You get to meet with them, talk to them about, you know, whatever might be going on in class. And um, yeah. Yeah, no, um, we'll probably return to everything you just said and mm -hmm. sort of your experiences as we continue talking. But so I've never TA'd. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is sort of kind of giving a little bit of background. So whenever I was applying to master's programs, I knew that I wanted to teach. Like this is something that I was felt like I was going to be passionate about. Um, and so when I went to apply for grad programs, the interesting thing about that though, is that, I didn't seek out assistantships that asked me to teach. Like that wasn't something that I went out there. And, and one thing that I'll note before I continue is a lot of the times when you're applying to graduate schools and programs and stuff, you kind of don't really know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so like it just kind of worked out that way for me. Um, so like I applied to university of Houston and I can't remember if their master's students um, teach or not. I, I don't know. But when I was applying to Oklahoma State, it was very clear that that was going to be part of your master's program. Mm -hmm. When you would teach would de depend on the state of the university at the time. And so when I got to Oklahoma State, my first year, I was told that my first year would be entirely in the writing center. And so it'd be 20 hours mm -hmm. in the writing center. Well, in spring of that year, so like spring 2018, yeah, because I started in fall 2017, so spring 2018, they were like, y'all have to teach because there was such a need for oh, wow. mm -hmm. um, first-year composition instructors. Mm -hmm. And so in the fall, of the, the, the previous fall, um, everybody had to take composition pedagogy. It doesn't matter if you've taught already. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you came in with a PhD or a PhD, came into with it with a master's, um, you had to take composition pedagogy. So part of that class was um, learning the curriculum and a bunch of other like theoretical things. Um, so I started teaching my second semester of the master's program. And it was, I was a little bit resistant because I had only spent one semester in the writing center and I just felt like I could still be in that space and just like, I want to really immerse myself in this. Like I've only been here for a semester, but so what they did was at Oklahoma state, um, you teach two classes, whereas at TCU, you teach one. Um, that's a lot for a full-time grad it's student. It's honestly, well, and I can talk a little bit about yeah. like the, the mm-hmm. experience there too. But so what happened was that that spring semester, I taught one class and I worked my other 10 hours, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in the writing center. Okay. So you still got to stay. Yeah. So I got to stay and sort of develop there. And then, which is really amazing because that's how I ended up really, really falling in love with writing center work. Um, I feel like once I was actually like immersed in it a little bit more and then I fell in love with teaching that same time. So, um, with that being said, like I didn't expect to start teaching until my last year of the program and it ended up happening that it was my second semester. So, um, I had a total of 19 students that semester and um one of the things that I think is really just really great and the thing that just kind of keeps me going is I've mentioned this before like I didn't really like what I was doing I did not like literature and so teaching kept me going like teaching was the thing that kept me going and so I'm really grateful that I had teaching experience in my master's um so that I wasn't figuring all of that out as a PhD student. But we can talk about that. So so obviously you had teaching assistant experience. Do mm-hmm. you feel like being a TA helped prepare you for teaching or is that just completely separate? Um, you know, it's interesting. I feel like it gives you some experience more with learning how to grade. Right. Because you're not in charge, you know, you're not, uh, except for that, like, online class, I felt pretty in charge. Like, they really only ever came to me for anything. They never really went to the prof- the instructor of record, which was Dr. Carly Miles. Um, but I feel like I had more experience. It taught me more, like, how to grade and how to evaluate student work, not so much, like, how to run the classroom. But mm. you do get a lot of opportunity to observe, you know, how different professors teach which is still I'm sure I absorbed something out of all of that I just feel like it's more about like learning how to grade um which is still valuable yeah um I don't I feel like I feel like there's really nothing that prepares you for teaching other than actually just like getting in there and yeah teaching because you could watch someone teach all day and it doesn't um watching someone do it and observing someone do it and actually you being the one to do it is totally different. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And at A&M, they had asked us if any of us were interested in actually teaching, and we all were like, we don't feel ready for that yet. So we all kind of were like, no. <laughs> um, so that's why we all TA'd. I think if some of us would have been interested in teaching, that um, they would have probably let us mm-hmm. teach in some capacity instead, but I, I didn't feel ready for that. I did not want to be thrown into the teaching. I wanted to like, I wanted to be a TA and kind of see what teaching was like, you know, yeah, kind of get some of that, uh, experience, um, with like grading, kind of ease myself into it rather than just be thrown into it. But I could see also the benefit of also just being like, you have to teach you know, that was me. I got thrown into it, which again, I, I, I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know how soon it was going to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I was told a year in, but hey, I ended up being a semester, like a, <laughs> my second semester. So, um, yeah, so I can try my best to sort of remember what it felt like being a graduate student and an instructor mm-hmm. and yours was last year. So let's kind of talk about that experience. What What do you remember from that first semester of teaching and also being a graduate student yeah so I I feel like because like once you start teaching your the workload is different because you're not just grading one or two assignments for the class you're in charge of 
showing up to class, which again, as a TA, I was showing up to classes anyway, so that wasn't really anything out of the ordinary, but you actually have to come up with the material. So it takes time to lesson plan. It takes time to make a PowerPoint for class. It takes time to come up with activities that they, that you might want them to do that get them thinking about their bigger assignments. It takes time to grade all the assignments. You know, I don't have someone I can say, Hey, can you grade these reading response papers? And I'll just grade the big projects, you know, like that you, you, you're doing all of that yourself. So there's a lot of time that teaching takes up and I probably focus way too much on preparing for my teaching and stuff. Uh, and I really struggled with finding that balance last, last semester, especially, um, cause I was still taking three classes. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's a lot, that's a lot of coursework that you're having to deal with in addition to being a new teacher in addition to having to grade all of the student work, in addition to having to um, plan for classes, especially when you're not familiar with the course you're teaching, because it was the first time I was teaching this class. I wasn't really taught how to lesson plan, luckily, like Natalie, because she already had teaching experience, and Ashley as well. Our friend Ashley, she also um, taught at Oklahoma State. Um, I really relied on both of them a lot for uh, teaching advice and assignment Um you know, possible like assignments that we could do in class and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it ended up being very time consuming and again, hard to kind of find that balance, especially when you're in some like reading heavy courses, which grad school's always going to be reading heavy regardless of the discipline you're in. So yeah, that was, that was a balance. I find this semester I'm not having as much trouble with it, but again, I'm teaching the same class, so I'm able to reuse past lesson plans, um, adjust them, which doesn't take as long. I have PowerPoints already created, so I don't have to, you know, I'm not starting from scratch this time. I'm also a little more confident this time going into it because I'm not brand new. Um, and I also don't have <laughs> three classes. I'm only in two, and um, only one of them is reading heavy. So it's the workload is less, but the workload is less period. Cause I've only done doing the two classes. So, um, and then the workload's less with teaching cause I don't have to prepare as much as I did in the first semester. That's all going to change next semester when I teach 2803, because all of that material I have to come up with, but I also have like the summer to kind of come up with stuff too. So it's not totally, um, I have a little more planning time. I wasn't sure what I was getting into with comp one at TCU. So I waited for the workshop and kind of, you know, we had a workshop where we looked at the syllabus and all of this stuff. So, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait for workshop because that's when we're going to learn all the things. But you know what? It truly didn't like, again, there's nothing that's going to prepare you for teaching other than just like getting in there and doing it. So, um, all of, all of that to say, um, you can only plan so much you just have to do it. Yeah. 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 If I try to think back to my first class, um, I remember you and Ashley saying that y'all weren't given really anything like material wise. Um, I'm trying to remember, um, what, so maybe my memory will kind of reappear as I'm keep talking, but, um, I remember being in that composition pedagogy class that, that first semester and coming up with a couple of assignments and stuff like that, getting familiar with the syllabus and in in sort of the theoretical like why do we teach literacy narratives, Deborah Brandt type of deal. Um, I know that I did have to come up with the majority of my materials. I mean, yeah, actually now that I'm thinking about it, because by the time I graduated, they had come up with like a comp website where you could pull materials from but when I was mm -hmm. first teaching um I don't think I really had that I know that um we had at Oklahoma State because there's more grad instructors and just like adjuncts and whatnot they have four ADCs oh wow um whereas we only have one smaller program so it makes sense less students less classes um so um so I had an ADC and I can't or I can't remember who it was um but so I could go to them and be like, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? Stuff like that. And so, uh, and there were workshops throughout the semester that we could attend on specific units and, and things, things like that That's and readings. Nice. Yeah. And so it wasn't too bad. And we were given a textbook. 
We were, okay. we were given a textbook, which I think kind of really helped be the thing that I could turn to. So we had like yeah. readings and stuff like that. And so really the biggest thing that I remember from that first semester was that I was taking two classes because mm-hmm. that was really the max. At, okay. Except for maybe that first semester. Yeah, that first semester I took three classes, but one of them was an hour credit. So it was the writing center pedagogy class. Mm. Um, but the other semesters I only took two classes. Um, and I can remember the two classes that I took that first semester of teaching. Or that, yeah, that semester where I first taught. Um, and so um, I don't really remember there being a hard... Like, I, I don't remember there being something very difficult about being a teacher and a grad student, aside from what you said earlier, and I'll speak into this more like as a teacher at TCU, um, teaching took up a lot of my time. And I'll, maybe in a bit, I'll maybe touch on that a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, teaching took up a lot of my time. But the thing was, and I mentioned this earlier, like, because I didn't enjoy literature anymore, I didn't care that it took up more of my time because I found the thing that I really wanted to do and I did not like the other thing. And so I didn't care that it was taking up some of my time. Granted, I was still getting my work done in the other classes, obviously, but it really didn't phase me or impact me as much as I feel like it's impacted me recently. Um, so we can maybe talk about that. So, so, After the last course I ever taught previous to this past academic year was in December of uh, fall of 2019. So I graduated in that December. So that was the last class that I taught. And I I taught comp two at Oklahoma State. So I started teaching again here at TCU fall 2022. So I took a little bit of a break because I graduated. Um, And then with TCU that first year, they have, I was on a fellowship, so I didn't have to, I didn't have to. I was not on fellowship. Yeah, so, that's so Dallas. That's why I had the TA. Yeah, that's why I had the TA. <laughs> um, so I was on fellowship, so I didn't have to do anything that first year except for take, for, take my classes. Um, but in the fall, so Dallas and I started teaching at TCU in the same time. Yeah, I can't remember why you didn't teach in your second year. Because I was Carmen's RA. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's where I got my fancy website, languageinthewritingcenter.com. Okay, I knew that. I don't know yeah. why I'm acting like I had no idea. Yeah, so so that delayed me a little bit in in that case. But um, so yeah, Dallas and I started teaching the that that fall 2022 mm-hmm. semester. And so second time around, um, being a teacher and being a grad student, that was there's a lot happening that semester. So I can't sit here and say that that combo was the reason for that, but it def- it definitely didn't make things better. And so what I had to do, and this is, luckily for me, I had already taught. So that obviously helped make me feel comfortable. But um, being burnt out and taking exams and taking mm-hmm. one class, because I still had to take that TCC because I hadn't taken it previously yeah. when I quote unquote should have because I was an RA. Right, which TCC is like our pedagogy class for for, um, composition. Mm -hmm. And um, because of all of those things, I had to learn how to be a different teacher. Like I, and granted, I had learned so much since I had last taught. Like I took um, Carmen's classes on pedagogy and I just got more, I was just in a better place and, and understood the field of composition and rhetoric better. So like, I knew that I was going to go in with a better understanding and that would make my life a little bit easier. And it has, but I still had to learn how to figure out how to be a composition instructor who was burnt out, experiencing anxiety, (laughs) experiencing depression. Like there was just so much that I had to let go of. Um, And so that was really hard. It was really hard to balance teaching and being a graduate student, but at the end of the day, like I said before, um, my teaching sustains me. Like my teaching is the thing that I love and that's the thing that keeps me going. Like I love my students. And so I was able to find the balance because I still really enjoyed it, what I was doing. And then I just kind of had to relearn how, not relearn, unlearn the things that was, was, was taking me too long. I would take too long to grade. I would take too long to lesson plan. And I can't physically do that anymore. 
Yeah. So that's that's been hard. That's been hard to be a grad student and be a teacher and experiencing burnout and all these things which the majority of grad students are experiencing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being a grad student. So Um, can I tell you what um, Texas A&M's first year writing class, their textbook, I'm assuming they still use this. um, It's like a textbook written by like the composition faculty. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at A and M, at the football games, they do their their yells, right? And mm-hmm. one of the things they always do at the games is like farmers fight, farmers fight. So the textbook is called Farmers Right. That's so cute. <laughs> it's so funny. Farmers Right. I love that. Uh, I love that. I, I like honestly. I think that's hysterical. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I, uh, obviously, I didn't teach comp at uh, t- A and um, M, but I had friends who did. And whenever they told me that that was the textbook, Farmers Right, I oh my gosh, I love it. So at the football games, every time they'd go to do Farmers Fight, I would say Farmers Right. It's so cute. Instead, just because why not? That's so cute. I, I love, love it. I love it. It's love so that. funny. What do you think? Um, has been the most rewarding thing about being a graduate instructor and a graduate student? Has there, has there been anything that you've learned from teaching that you've been able to take over to your own life as a graduate student? Yes. I, especially like last semester, I teaching was like at the forefront of my mind, even in my courses that I was taking that like a lot of the things I would talk about, like, Oh, well in my class, like I see, xyz and we're talking about this in the context of something else but i could see how this applies to teaching like i was able to connect everything back to teaching essentially so it really like informed a lot of my own studies and coursework um literally all semester long and not so much this semester because i'm not taking a i'm not taking a class that really lends itself to that this semester with my stuff with dr robbins but Obviously, I'm doing that lit ped, which again is different because it's lit, but I still see a lot of this like overlap of like taking different skills that I've observed from Dr. Craig during lit ped and being able to kind of apply those to the writing composition class. Um, so I just feel like if anything, I'm I've learned a lot about um, you know myself as a teacher, but also like it informed a lot of my work as a student as well. And I didn't think that that would happen. Like I thought student is student, teaching is teaching, you know, and and it really like kind of overlapped a lot. Like I was able to kind of put things in perspective and taught me a lot about the kind of teacher I want to be. Good. Yeah. Um, I love that. And again, like I feel like this semester, as I've already talked about, like this semester of teaching is not going super great for me. Um, Just with the way things are right now, like I've got a lot of students who are just not doing their work and this, that, and the other. And it's been really, really difficult because I care so much, but I have to be much more firm and like clear about things. And it seems like no matter what I do, it's just like the same repeat offenders. (laughs) And again, I still care about them. I want them to do well. They still have time to do well in class, but they're just not putting in that effort. And um, so I feel like I haven't been able to fully be the teacher I want to be, especially after having learned so much last semester. And I was so excited for this semester to like take all these ideas that I had and like implement them into the classroom. And I feel like it all just kind of like got squandered in a way, um, which is really like sad to say. And maybe I'm and maybe I just need to readjust my approach to teaching or maybe readjust my approach to students who are you know, exhibiting problematic behavior and, and things like that. But, um, I'm still learning clearly. (laughs) This is only my second semester. So there's a whole lot to learn. And I know at the end of the day, as much as I have complained to everyone (laughs) about this semester, as far as like teaching goes, I know that I'm going to look back on this and say like, that was such a huge learning experience. So I'm trying to roll with the punches, but I feel like it's definitely, um, taken away from some of my, um, excitement and plans and things like that. And I, I I don't know. Yeah. And let's talk about that because I am also someone who really cares about their teaching. And so specifically pointing to Kayla's point about mental health and 
the fact that we have to take this seriously, we want to take this seriously, the students deserve that. But also, like, there's so much that goes into it. And I don't know if it's just because we're working with other human beings or what, but, like, it's so difficult not to get so immersed. Like, we've talked about, like, the time and whatnot. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's... We understand that, that that is a huge factor, but caring is exhausting it is it's a lot of emotional work yes and a lot of their other professors are not as nope um caring or kind as maybe no we are they're not as you know understanding of people having personal issues or um you know mental health issues or disabilities that might not be um registered through the university so they don't want to accommodate and that's really hard on these kids yeah I know they're adults, but no, but they feel kids like they at the same time. Like kids, like, um, you know, they're freshmen. Young. They're really young, and so they're really like. Go- I have some that are just really struggling, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to be as you know, n- you know, kind and caring, and you know, as I can be. But there's a difference between a student who's genuinely struggling and someone who's just not doing their work, and that's, you know, that's where that's where I'm running into issues where I'm just like okay there's these who are genuinely not caring these who are having all these emotional problems and you know mental health issues and I'm having to accommodate for like all of these students and try and like get them all to like do well and it's exhausting yeah like I almost had like just a little mental breakdown yesterday because I was just so exhausted from having to like put in all this emotional mental work for them yeah and it's not that they're not worth it but at the same time it's just it's so hard yeah I mean and I really appreciate you bringing up the words emotional labor because a lot of the time when people think of instructors or professors at the university you think of like this hard like rough around the edges type of deal and like granted like I'm not saying that you know there aren't those instructors like in the English department I mean I don't know you know I don't know but Mm -hmm. I think that there's something especially like between just Dallas and I like where we have a lot of emotions tied to our work um I keep track of I have a teaching journal and I keep track of anytime I feel like there's some sort of emotion or, or some sort of situation or something tied to teaching and um it's really helping me showcase or like visibly see that happening and you're right like Mm -hmm. we do care um i don't have a late policy for example and i've noticed that um a lot of my students have taken advantage of that not like taken advantage of it like in a bad way way, but like have actually just used yeah and so it's like okay now i'm worrying about them are they going to get behind and so you know i've kind of had to adjust my schedule in, in a couple of different ways mm-hmm. give some in-class work time which is a, it's a writing class so naturally i feel like yeah. it lends itself to that but it's just interesting to think about like how much we care and sometimes i don't want to feel bad for caring because i don't think we should right, I but think it's a bad thing but at the same time, I think we, we need to learn still. I mean, like I said, I've been teaching for longer yeah. than you, and I still have to figure out how to not let it entirely weigh, even even though, because like I've, I've had a great semester. I mean, I, I, I really have with teaching. I, 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 there's nothing really for me to complain about. Um, but it's still emotionally exhausting. You know, it's still something yeah. that is there. And so I think it's just part of teaching but also like there's some people who lend themselves to be a little bit more mm-hmm. caring and emotionally attached and I feel yeah. like that's who we are yeah I think so too and I, I think just by our nature Natalie and I each are just very caring people we care about our friends we care about our family we are very motherly in a way even though we yeah. don't have kids yet yeah, um we like are. we both are like just have that like caring nature about about us and and so it it lends itself to that um and, you know, it, it is hard. It's hard because um, I, I also don't have a late policy. I had one last semester because I used the common syllabus, so I just used what was there, but I never adhered to it <laughs> um, because I'm like, listen, if you are really struggling and you need to turn something in late, like, just talk to me. It's fine. We'll come up with a new deadline for you. Like, don't worry about it, you know? Now, I have some who, like, straight up just, like, don't turn anything in ever, and, again, that's different, you know, Um 
But I think like a lot of the emotional labor that I've been experiencing, aside from like just the caring aspect is just getting so frustrated too with the students who are just continuously like being disrespectful in class, not paying attention, like taking phone calls in class, watching videos in class and like me having to literally repeat every single thing I say like multiple, multiple, multiple times, which is like expected, but also like it's to a level where it's like, I put it everywhere, everywhere, email, assignment sheet, say it in class multiple times. And like, they still don't do the thing. And that's exhaust. That's a whole other type of emotional labor because mm-hmm. I am just getting, I have gotten so frustrated and it's like, I try not to show it in class, how frustrated, how frustrated I am. But there's a few times where I've gotten like, this is ridiculous people. Like, come on, I've given you all the tools you need to utilize them. And so that's like a whole separate emotional labor is just that frustration because I know they can do better. I know they can do the work. I've seen them do the work. But then when they just don't want and they don't care, it's hard because I can't make them care. And that's what's frustrating. And that's what makes me so upset and and makes me feel like I'm not like I'm failing them. And I know that I'm, I'm I know it's nothing I'm doing. I'm doing the best I can, but that's a whole added, like, that's a whole added toll on the emotional labor in itself besides just me wanting them to do well, me caring. It's like when I see that I know you can do better and you're just willfully not doing the work, it's really hard. Yeah. If, if you're listening and you're someone who is, for example, going into an English MA or PhD and and the program is giving you the opportunity to teach and you know, you're a person who takes things personally, you're, you know, that you're a person who cares. Um, just keep in mind to just be aware of that and how that's impacting you because it can be very exhausting. Mm -hmm. Um, frustrating it be it could be very heartbreaking you could take things personal i mean just just kind of being aware of that because that can impact your life as a graduate student yeah. period and luckily like i haven't really taken it personally but i do like i have internalized it a little bit you know where i'm like oh is it just my teaching that's not good would they have done better with a different professor you know or something but at the end of the day, they had every opportunity to drop the class and switch to someone else or something, and they didn't take it. So it's like, I don't know what more I can do other than what I'm already doing. You know, you can only you can only do so much. And like, I'm learning that the hard way. <laughs> and again, for someone who cares and like wants everyone to do well and succeed, you, you can't force it. You can't force students to do what you need them to do in order to do well in the class. And it's really, yeah. it's, it's sad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think to just add to that, like, um, if you are someone who likes to be controlling, um, which I am, <laughs> and I'm working on being less controlling this past entire year has been sort of like my, my, um, trek to unlearning how to not be as controlling um that really also has an impact on the amount of time you put into things Mm -hmm. and your flexibilities and 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 all those types of things so um because as a as a graduate student you just kind of do whatever your professor asks you Mm -hmm. read you work on your projects and whatnot but with teaching it's like you have to be in you have to be in control to some extent, right? Like you right. do have to be in control. You establish what's being learned every day. You manage the the activities that they're doing the free rights, you know, time and all those types mm-hmm. of things. And, um, it's funny cause, I, and this is what I'm learning recently, like as an instructor, um, thanks to being a graduate student, like it, it's really a matter of doing student led teach like student-led classrooms as opposed to teacher-led like it's Mm -hmm. better if students are like it's better for their learning if they're the ones leading the class and I've had to learn what does that look like and that's been hard you know as someone who wants to just kind of do it because I think that the way that I'm doing it is not quote-unquote the only way or the right way but the way that I want to go about doing it you know right yeah but you know that's not always conducive to learning so learning how to let go of the reins has been hard it is hard it's so hard and i you know i've had to do that too um kind of just like you know if something's not working in the class 
you gotta have you, you kind of have to change it right and that's hard because you're like but this I thought this was gonna work you know or, or also just realizing that like and of course like it's obvious like your students are not going to be students the way you were a student. And that's huge to make note of. Yes, because I know I'm the student who always did my work mm-hmm. on time, who would, you know, if I had a question or an issue, I would reach out to my professor via email. And, you know, I was very, like, on top of it. But, like, some students are not like that. Some students are just not like that. And, and you're you like, know, and that's okay, though. And that's totally okay. I think I was, when I think back of my, like, undergrad years, I think I was a little, like, too extreme in my like everything must be done on time and be perfect kind of thing but like I have to remember that like these students are not me (laughs) they're not gonna be students like me necessarily they're not gonna learn like I do they're not gonna produce work like I did they probably most of them are like none of mine are English um, majors as it is so they already are like not super interested in the class they just know they have to take it like it's not their thing and you know, and then just, again, like, they're all going through their own stuff mentally, um, emotionally, you know, personally, whatever it is that they have going on outside of class. So, like, they might not have the ability to produce, like, the most amazing work. And that's okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I, that, just to emphasize that, like, I think it's really important as graduate students for us to evaluate, like, Part of the reason why we're in grad programs, I think, is because we function in that way. And so yeah. many of us are perfectionists. We want to get things done on time. We want to do X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. Yeah, when you teach, you cannot expect that of your students. No, you, you can't cannot. Expect, yeah, you just because you're an overachiever, you which most of us are, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be in PhD programs if we weren't, um, you know, successful students in some capacity right um but you have to remember that like that's not everybody and to to just kind of make it even more specific don't expect that of freshmen either you know yeah they're still learning the ropes yeah you know they don't know they're like i'm living in the dorms for the first time they're away from home a lot of them are away from home like far like like we've talked about like we have a lot from california I have a few from New York, one from Minnesota. Like, they are a long way from home. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to navigate adult life. You know, they're like, I have to do my own laundry. What is that? You know, they literally are just figuring out life at this point. So they, they're just, they're, they're just trying to, they're trying to navigate everything. Yeah. And so don't hold them to the expectations you've held yourself to because you're going to, you're, you're going to get disappointed and not because they're disappointments, but because we've very unfairly like put those standards on them because that's the way that we function. So that's, that's really, that's really important. Um, as we've been talking, I was thinking, has there ever been a, a, a moment where you've spent way too much time lesson planning that you didn't have enough time to complete some of your own work as a student? Oh, 100%. So last semester, I took a class. Natalie is laughing at me. Um, last semester, I took a class called Writing for the Professions, and we were supposed to come to class uh, and have journaled, right? We would do a little journal every week about what we worked on because we were we talked a lot about the writing process and like how to get writing done and we would have to come in and like talk about like okay so did you you know you set a goal for the week what was that goal did you reach that goal and every week I'd be like I didn't read I didn't reach the goal and it was with Dr. Leverins and she literally was like, you know why you never reach your goals because you spend too much time lesson planning. Yeah. And I was like, I know, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to stop. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't know what to do. And so I found the comp syllabus a little overwhelming with a lot of, um, just a lot of material and stuff. So I literally one day just went and looked through the syllabus And I just cut off, like I cut out a ton of stuff that I was like, nope, nope, nope. My class is not doing this. We're not doing this reading. We're not doing this day. Like we're not doing it. Like we're just going to have like work days in class because then this sounds terrible and I don't mean it terribly, but then like one, I don't have to lesson plan, but really like there was no need to have them do all these like extra readings toward the end of the semester. Like 
just let them have the work days in class so they can get their stuff done in class. The more they do in class, the less they have to do at home, the less I have to prepare for class, which I don't want to not prepare for class, but it, it, it was helpful to have those kind of days where, okay, we're just going to work on our drafting because then they could get my help while they were drafting, which actually ended up being really, um, it actually worked out really well last semester for them to have those days. Like even if I wasn't teaching, we were just sitting around, they were working on their projects and they would just like be like, Miss Brewster, Miss Brewster, you know, whenever they needed help. And I would just go to them and check in on them, make sure they were doing okay. And that ended up like making my life so much easier where they were still getting their work done. They were still learning something, but I had, I didn't have to plan so much. And I finally went to like a class with Dr. Leverance and she, I was like, you know what I did? I took a whole bunch of stuff off the syllabus and she was like, good for you. So, cause then once I did that and kind of freed up, it freed up more time for me to be able to actually work on my own classes. Cause at the end of the day, like we are also still students and any, any professor will tell you you're a student first, a teacher second. Yep. But that's really hard whenever teaching is like the most immediate thing that you have to do. You can't show up to class with nothing. Exactly. So it feels like you're always having to put that first, but they'll tell you not to put that first, but right. like you kind of have to, like that's kind of an impossible task. So you have to prioritize and say, okay, if I'm looking at this unit, right? Like what's with, with the common syllabus, of course, next semester, I'll get to design the course how I want to. I can schedule the readings as many or as little as I want, which of course I'm not going to. I would never over um, <laughs> schedule like readings because I don't think then they're not going to do them anyway. So, um, but you know, I, 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 I was like, I have the freedom to go in and take things out if, if it's not working, like I'm overwhelmed looking at this, they're overwhelmed looking at this. I need more time to do my own thing outside of teaching. I'm spending way too much time on this stuff. And then when you're teaching material for the first time, like I can't just assign a reading and then not read it right like exactly. I don't, you know so it's like I'm having to do extra which like the readings weren't long but still it's just like extra time that's taking away from your class time that you need to do so there's just all these things right and so I was like I'm the teacher I can just cut things off the syllabus I don't have to have all of this here if it's not working so yeah I definitely had spent a lot of time doing like way too much time doing lesson planning and activities and all this stuff for them and finally was like we don't have to do all of this. I can cut this out. <laughs> yeah. And that was really helpful. And they appreciated having those days to work in class and just get feedback from me as questions came up. And it, it really worked well for my class. And um, it's worked well this semester as well. If I just give them work days that they just come in and write and they can ask me questions and have me look at stuff. I'll read drafts of stuff for them um, and kind of give them feedback as they are working on stuff. And they like it. Then they don't have to do it at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, to, to the question that I asked you, I, I really can't recall, um, there being an assignment that I missed or had a difficulty doing or anything like that, but I'm sure there, there has been, I mean, I spent way too much lesson planning, way too much time. Yeah. And kind of like you said earlier, like, yeah, I can't show up and not have something. And, and some instructors, lesson plan right before their class i'm just not one of them yeah um i will say though that this semester um has been a semester where i've um i don't know like on and off it's been one where i've had to i've spent way too much time lesson planning and then little time lesson planning so it just kind of really depends on the vibe yeah. with my students and whatnot too so yeah there might be times where i type up my lesson plan at the last minute but I already have it in my head like what we're doing that day I just want to put it on paper um but you're also teaching a class you haven't taught before so that's that's adding to the right a, a class I haven't taught before here yet. here at DC yeah, yeah. so that's that's sort of also kind of adding to this whole like I'm spending too much time true. because you're having it and when we get to teach comp two we do everything ourselves we're not given mm -hmm. a common syllabus like we are with comp one right. so whereas the assignments are already created and you just have to assign them and you know all of that like comp two you're you're on your own <laughs> yeah not without guidance of course right. but you know you can create your own assignments you create your own readings you can use whatever kind of readings you want if you want to use a textbook you can, like we have total 
um, creative control over the course. So that's where the, the, the time consuming part is coming in. Now, luckily I have, Natalie didn't have as much time to prepare. (laughs) Um, I've had, I'll have a little more time because, um, I have time to create my own assignments. Uh, Natalie's going to help me anyway, because teaching there, teaching is one big, uh, there's collaborative no collaborative process, process where we, we can all help each other and be like, Hey, I did this assignment with my class and it really worked well. Like maybe you want to try that for your class or something. Yeah. So, um, you know, everybody is kind of giving each other material and helping each other out. So there's no, um, there's no, like I did this for my class and I can't share it with you. There's no gatekeeping and teaching or there shouldn't be anyway. There shouldn't be. If there yeah. is, then Boo. that's no fun. Yeah. yeah. But so Natalie just didn't have as much time to prepare because she is teaching comp two this semester. Um, I have a long time. (laughs) I have all summer. I have to have my syllabus in on June 1st, but even or mid June, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I have more time after the semester ends to kind of really focus on it. So I'm kind of going with that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, I think if there's any advice that I give graduate students who are also teachers and this is something that I actually haven't implemented so it's kind of difficult for me to say like this is advice but I've just kind of been thinking about like how I really should record down in a doc an excel doc whatever how much time I spend lesson planning because I bet you if I see how much time I spend on lesson planning I'm going to be upset it's way over that 20 hours a week (laughs) yeah and so you know like I think if I would give advice, I would say, write down, log in on a piece of paper, on an Excel doc, whatever, how much time you spend and reevaluate that because that's what I've had to do for myself. Yeah. And especially when we become full-time, you know, professors where we're doing this as like our job jobs, right? And you're teaching more than one class. Like you can't, I mean, not all of those classes are going to be the same classes either, you know? So you're having to do different lesson plans for different classes you can't take that much time if you're having to create, you know, three separate lesson plans because you're teaching, you know, maybe you're teaching four classes and two of those might be comp two, but the other two might be, you know, something completely different and like an upper division course and something else. And, and then you're having to um, create different lesson plans each, each for each class. And, and you're like, you can't spend over 20 hours a week lesson planning for one class, right? Like that's, ridiculous and of course these are things that come with time but I do think that's really helpful I should also start doing that just like taking the time to it's probably a little late now that we're just right at the end but maybe right. next semester I think I'm gonna implement that and start keep taking like keeping track of how much I lesson plan because yeah it's it I, I guarantee you I take too much time as well yeah yeah um one thing you were saying is um you're kind of adding to to that um made me think about like how I taught two classes at Oklahoma state. Yeah. Um, honestly, it wasn't that bad, but were you teaching the same? Yeah, it was the same class. So there, there was that, but it really wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. I mean, obviously there's twice as many students, but it really wasn't Wasn't bad. No. Yeah. I I imagine teaching like the same class isn't bad. It's just when you're starting, when you're starting to teach multiple different courses, that's when it probably gets where you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't spend all this time lesson planning. Yeah. And, um, one thing, another thing that you reminded me of that I wanted to say too was, um, it's, it's funny because grad school and being a professor, which I'm going to assume obviously because I'm not a professor, but definitely being graduate, graduate student, like you're still thinking about having to publish and all those types of things. And so if you spend, so much time lesson planning, which I'm going to say, spend time lesson planning, okay? Don't Mm -hmm. just, you know, you really think about like the scaffolds and the outcomes and all those types of things. But at the same time, like you're probably still taking classes or you're working on your dissertation. And on top of that, you're being asked to publish. So just one thing that's going to be difficult. And hopefully if you're listening to this, this does not happen to you. But one thing that's going to be difficult that I still haven't figured out is how to balance 
all of those things because it's not just being a graduate student and teaching it's being a graduate student who's expected to publish working on their degree or taking a class and is being asked to teach so yeah you and you know i'm i'm thinking as you're talking right like i should take my own advice but like maybe just set a timer like i'm gonna lesson plan for the week for one hour each day or something and then and then of course like that's all ideal like I should I I literally never do this I should take my own advice um but maybe you sit down and say okay I'm gonna lesson plan for next uh, like on Monday right say I'm gonna start my lesson plan for next week and I'm gonna schedule I'm gonna block out an hour today just to work on lesson planning for the following week and then you and then you and that way you're always like a week out and then you're like managing the chunk of time you spend lesson planning because by the end of the week right if you take an hour monday through friday just one hour to lesson plan you probably could easily lesson plan for your whole week i don't know girl it takes me longer (laughs) well i'm sure in some i'm sure like in some capacity like some of that will take longer but you could at least maybe have at least two if you're teaching three days a week you could probably realistically at least get your lesson plan done for the following like week for a Monday or Wednesday. Maybe you have to spend a little bit of your weekend doing like your Friday lesson plan or something. Yeah. But like, even then, like that's so much more helpful to just like say, I'm going to chunk out like time just yeah. to lesson plan. And like just an hour a day, you could probably get a lot done just in that, just in that hour. If you really like put your mind to it. Yeah. And I, in I sort of implement that with everything else that's not teaching. Like I'll tell myself, okay, I'm going to work one hour on this publication. I'm going to work one hour on my prospectus. I'm well, I don't take classes. So usually that's, but so I do it in the opposite way, just because I know I'm going to need more time with teaching everything else. I do tell myself work an hour, work 30 minutes, work two hours on this thing. And that is really helpful. Yeah. And one thing Natalie and I do is we do check-ins with each other all the time. We're like, I'll text her and be like, I need to do X, Y, Z. It could be anything. It could be cleaning. It could be doing the dishes. It could be doing schoolwork. It could literally be anything. And I'm like, I have a lot to do today. And she'll say, you want to check in in an hour? And then I know like I have to check in with Natalie in an hour because she's going to say like, how's the progress coming? So I can't disappoint Natalie. I got, I can't be like, oh yeah, I did so much stuff. I can't lie and be like, yeah, I did everything well knowing I didn't do it. So that's also really helpful. Like I like, we do that all the time where we do yeah, these check-ins it's with great. each other. It's really great. It's really helpful. Cause I feel like I'm more beholden to do it. If I have somebody being like, yo, did you do the work you said you were going to do? And then I can be like, yeah, I did actually, I did this, this, and this. And it's really helpful because I need to be, if I can't be beholden to my own self, at least I'll be more beholden to do it if someone else is kind of like holding me to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I really like this, like setting a timer, but really for anything, like that's good for, like sometimes I do that for cleaning too, where I'm like, I really don't want to clean, but I really need to, which I really enjoy cleaning. So, but you know, sometimes it's just the getting started part. That's hard. the getting started is the hardest part with really anything. Yeah. Facts. Um, so like once, if you can say, okay, I'm going to set a timer for 15 minutes and you know, clean my bedroom and see where I'm at in 15 minutes by the time that 15 minutes comes you either you could possibly be done depending mm-hmm. on you know how messy your room might be but you, you maybe you keep going and say okay I'm I'm on the ball now like I'm gonna just keep going let me give it another 15 minutes and then by then you might be done you know or whatever yeah. so and it's true for anything like you can do that for um schoolwork reading lesson planning all of it you know even if you only do like like even if it ends up taking you more than like an hour a day to lesson plan starting with that hour a day just can get that you just say i'm gonna set a timer for an hour and then maybe you like really get the ball rolling and you're like okay i'm gonna set another hour and do it and if things are going well and then you know you could realistically get it done within the week for the week for the following week for lesson planning it's just it takes that like practice of actually getting into the habit of it and like again i know i was like i never do this i should do it and you know what i'm gonna do it next i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna make a pack that next semester because now that i'm at the end we really don't have a whole lot of teaching stuff they're just doing like um in class drafting right now for their final project so and we only have like a week left before Mm -hmm. finals so and really their last class is wednesday next week because then it's uh, work days for so they're no school um before final before their final so really we only have three class periods left so I'm gonna make a pact right now that next semester I'm gonna start setting timers for my lesson planning and seeing how that goes and and normally Natalie and 
um, one of our friends, Prashida, and I meet up on Saturdays in the library to lesson plan, which is also really helpful because we can bounce ideas off of each other. So like including our, assuming we'll still be able to keep our Saturday lesson plan sessions at the library, um, I'm going to start putting an hour timer every time I need to teach, every time I need to work on lesson plan and see if I can keep myself a week ahead of lesson, of lesson planning. I love that. Yeah. Would that be advice that you give to uh, graduate instructors who are also graduate teachers and trying to figure out what that's like? Um, I think if you're teaching for the first time, I, I think when I think about last semester, I feel like I didn't even know how to lesson plan. So I think maybe getting with someone who's more experienced with teaching, like I've, I had Natalie, um, if you can get with uh, someone who's more experienced in teaching uh, an upper level GI or, or even if you want to meet with a professor, like so a professor you get along with, like say, hey, like, can we have a meeting and we could talk about lesson planning? Because, you know, ideally you'd think that that's something we would have done in TCC, but we really didn't talk about like what goes into lesson planning. Um, so, so if you're new, maybe you have someone that can help guide you with like how to set up a lesson plan, right? Um, and then once you get more comfortable, then maybe setting that like hour timer, I think maybe would be good, but it might take you a few, a couple weeks, you know, to kind of get used to figuring out how you might want to lesson plan. Cause there's different methods, of course. Um, and everybody kind of has their own thing. So that's my advice. Get with somebody who's more experienced at lesson planning and kind of say like, Hey, how do you lesson plan? Can you send me a less an example lesson plan? Um, can I talk out my lesson plan with you? Um, you know, cause getting that pacing is really hard when you're not, when you haven't taught before. Um, yeah. I would add to that. I would say that if you are a graduate instructor who is also a, who is a grad student, who's also a graduate instructor, cause obviously grad mm-hmm. student goes first. I would say, um, just taking advantage of the fact that teaching is a collaborative process. Um, yes. Yeah. Your friends are here to help you. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Natalie has helped me come up with like so many ideas for class activities. Um, we also did in our TCC again, which is our like pedagogy class for teaching college composition. Um, we came up with activities like as part of our class uh, you know, um, projects and stuff. So we could, you know, use those, uh, later down the road. Um, and I'm sure depending on what university you're at, you'll also have a class similar, or we even have like a master, not the master class, uh, master course shell. We have a composition teach like instructor page that we can go and like look at other examples of, um, um, activities and things like that to pull from. So I'm sure wherever, whatever school you end up might have something similar. I'd, hopefully, hopefully I'd be willing to bet that they would, if you're in like a English part program, for sure. I would, I, I would imagine now if you're in a different program, yeah, I, we can I don't know. Um, but hopefully you have, um, people who are willing to share resources with you. Yeah, if not, YouTube, Google. Oh yeah. All look through those, those textbooks. Like look even if you like um go to like half price books and you go to like the composition like writing section, those textbooks have a lot of activities and readings and stuff that you yeah, can That's a really good idea. Use like that's how I taught this class. Like yeah. I went through the like uh rhetoric like textbooks like for these classes. Yeah. And I just pulled uh writing responses readings activities from all that like find resources if they're not physical people find resources to help make your life easier and i'm sure like that applies for like across the board there's textbooks for all genre all all subjects you know that you could possibly be teaching if you're not like doing an english um if you're not teaching english right you might be teaching um a lab for a, a really huge science class or something like i'm sure that there is something out there that can help you help guide your teaching because at the end of the day like that's a big part of academia is teaching so and you don't want to be that teacher that's you know boring (laughs) or not prepared or not prepared which yeah i've had many of those yeah it's not fun yeah any final thoughts about teaching as a graduate student um 
we've covered a lot I feel of like good we've covered stuff. a lot of really good stuff i think we've i think that we've given some decent advice and explained why it's it can be difficult but yeah just don't don't let it overtake you don't and i know it's gonna be hard if you haven't taught before and you're doing it the first semester like believe me i know <laughs> and it's okay really to struggle, struggle and with it's okay that. and you gotta figure out your own way but once you get once you get the ball rolling and things start to become clear, you'll 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 navigate it. You'll you'll find your way. Um, yeah, it's just part of it's just the learning of, process. It's just all part of the learning process, and yeah, it is it is helping you for your future career. So do take it seriously. Don't blow it off. Yeah, but also just try to your best to strike a balance. Yes, that's the hard part. Yeah. But I, but you can do it. We can do it. Yeah we've we're trying anyway we're 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 trying our best (laughs) trying our best well i think that's gonna wrap up today's episode i think so yeah thank you so much for listening to this episode if you have anything you want to share as it pertains to being a teacher and a graduate student please email us at the phd2b podcast at gmail.com or um just for funsies follow our instagram at the phd2b podcast and just let us know Um, If there are any uh, topics that you want us to cover or is anything you want to add from any previous episodes that we've discussed, um, we are looking forward to hearing from people. Shout out again to Kayla for giving us the suggestion for this episode. And we look forward to talking more about graduate school in the next episode. Bye. Bye, everyone.